The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Hey, nerds. Discover your geeky haven with Twink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Dive in with code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off your first order at toink.com. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's a Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am group. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push... I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another episode of <clears throat> Issue, sorry. Issue. Of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the dashing, no, it is the intrepid duo this week. Uh, Kylan is actually home recovering. Um, told him he shouldn't have done what he did with Natasha. Does he ever listen? No. He's he he's either going to win her affection or he's going to die trying. And I think it's going to be the latter. Yeah, I think so too. But you got me and Mike this week, and as Meatloaf proudly once proclaimed, two yeah, out of three ain't bad. It'll be just like the old days. The old days PK, pre Kylan. Yeah, we're going old school with this. We are. So, so uh, we apologize for being away for the past couple of weeks. We've, uh, we, we've, we've taken turns not feeling well. So yeah. it's now it's Kylan's turn. So. It is. And uh, speaking of not feeling well, uh, I'm about to have another surgery <laughs> coming up. Are we going to have to start calling you Deathlock now? Are no. you going to get like entire limbs? No, this is a talking raccoon with a machine gun going to come up to you and ask how much for the leg? Maybe for the toe. Okay. Maybe for a toe because, well, after this surgery, I'm going to have a couple screws loose. Y'all don't understand the full dad jokiness of that comment. Uh, but sad part is it's the truth. <laughs> yeah, it is the truth. <laughs> uh, I'm getting a couple screws. <laughs> 
I'm going to be a screw loose or two. So, yeah. Um, but check out the homepage. I know I've been out on medical leave and I've done nothing with it because I've been trying to recuperate. I really have not spent a lot of time on the computer. And uh, I will vouch for the fact that it is rather daunting. Neglected is the word I was going to use. Oh, but, you know, daunting. <laughs> yes. I was, so, I was telling somebody about uh, about MMG the other day, and I said, uh, here's the link to their website, to our website, and uh, just ignore the fact that the shows it's, aren't listed. Yeah. We have a lot more shows on there than we show. Trust us. Trust trust whatever platform you download podcasts from. Yes. Or go to the podcast collective page, webegeekspc.com. Everything's current there, obviously. So, Everything is current. Trust the bro. But check out um, our affiliates on the page. Those are current, still current. Uh, so like Toink, Bitty Boomers, um, on on our homepage, there are codes to get you a discount. Uh, please use them. Please check them out. Supporting them helps support us. Yes. Um, and uh, basically proving to them that we that you listen. Yes. And I think we don't appreciate you listening. That's true. So uh, check that out. Um, again. Our best wishes to Kylan to get better. And again, yes. we, we warned you. Natasha doesn't play around. I, I'm just going to go ahead and do this while he's laid up and can't say no. I'm going to disconnect the trapeze bar coupling from the bottom of the Elibus. Okay. I thought that. We should have done this. We should have done this months ago, but. I thought that was for the rope ladder. <laughs> That had a lot of broken rungs. See, we that's what he wanted you to think. All right. Some 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 mental scars just won't heal. Let me just say that. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so what? so I so do I mean what uh what else have we been up to? Yes, I actually I have had my very first Marvel Crisis Protocol tournament. Uh, that's where I was going to go next. Well, I see that's it. You know, we we're going back to that old school. Anticipate each other. Yeah. So, for those who don't know, my son Mac and I uh, have recently discovered the uh, the tabletop skirmish strategy game Marvel Crisis Protocol. And basically, it's 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 very much like Future Fight, in that you create a strike team based on uh, various characters from the Marvel universe, and you play it on a three foot square mat, and you you know, you have terrain terrain that uh, that can be used and thrown at each other depending on the size. There are always two crises during the game. There's one extraction and one secure. And the extraction is like uh, there is an object. It's, it's kind of like a scavenger hunt kind of thing. You know, maybe there's like infinity cubes that are scattered around the, the battlefield or uh, people that you're trying to evacuate, things like that. The secure are things like extremist consoles and, and what have you that – you basically just need to have control of. So that's the secure part. 
And both those things are active at the same time, and that's where you get your score points. They call them victory points. And they'll have different threat levels, and that is the total number of point values of characters that you can deploy. Uh Like, for instance, uh, each character has a different what's called a threat level, and that's uh, that's basically the points value of that character. Like, uh, Star Lord is is uh, three points. Uh, Rocket is two, while Groot is three. But you might as well just say together they're a five point character because you're never going to want to field one without the other. Uh, Black Widow's two, Vol- Ultron. I almost said Voltron, but you know there's no Castle of Lions there. Uh, Ultron is like level four. You you get the idea. Right. So, you know, each crisis will have like the point value, like say, you know, most of them are like between 16, 18 points, that sort of thing. So, of course, you can either field an elite core of like, say, maybe four very powerful characters, like say Black Order. Or you can have, you know, a a larger assortment of characters who have lesser point value, like like your Star Lord and your Black Widow. And uh, I wound up playing three games in the tournament, so I went one and two. I lost one by uh, by one point, and that was against the Black Order. The one that I the the one that I lost by well, quite a few points was run by the guy had Kingpin, Killmonger, Black Cat, Shadowlands, Daredevil, and Bullseye. Okay. Um, Bullseye is surprisingly annoying because he has a power there called I never miss. That even if you don't do any damage, you can spend power. You you get power as you go along to inflict damage. So basically, if you don't take him out, he is going to nickel and dime you to death. Uh, there was one time where my Star Lord went off against somebody. Uh, my opponent's Black Swan from the Black Order, and. Uh, it was quite possibly the best attack dice rolling I have ever seen in my many, many years of playing tabletop and role-playing games. Uh, basically, he one-shotted her with a single attack. Wow! I mean, it was it was that it was reminiscent of that scene where basically you know Quill just disintegrates ego. Oh wow! There on the planet. I mean, he did where he did reform, but he just like basically just blasted him to vapor. It was it was kind of like that. But that has been a lot of fun. That has been a lot of fun. Very cool. If uh, it's it's cheaper to get into than a lot of other tabletop strategy games like uh, like Kill Team or Warhammer Forty Thousand or any of the Games Workshop products. To be to be honest. Uh, the course set will run you about a hundred bucks. It comes with ten miniatures, uh, ten characters, uh, power cards, dice, terrain, and when I say terrain, it's kind of like you know street lights, uh, f- uh, traffic light posts, 
uh, taxis, dumpsters, daily bugle newsstands, that sort of thing. Oh, cool. And so it's actually not a bad value for what you pay for it. And you can play you can play the game and not get a single other thing for it than just what's in that corset. Oh, cool. So Christmas idea, birthday idea. You know, if you if you have a spouse that is as geeky as you are, maybe an anniversary present. So that way, when when you and the spouse are kind of having a little argument between the two of you, you can settle it by just dragging out the dragging out the crisis protocol. You could be like whoever whoever loses fixes dinner. So much better than chance cubes. That's I a just different franchise. To have a yeah. I have four of them here. Seriously. No pod is worth two slaves. Sorry. That, <laughs> we're, we're going into the wrong franchise. Well. There is a matter that requires your attention. Sending to your screens now. Ah, this just Thirsty. in. Thirsty, how I have missed you. This just in. Warner Brothers. That girl isn't good enough to release. We're going to eat up the cost instead and save our brand rep. Sony, we put Morbius, the worst superhero movie since Fantastic Four, in the theaters twice. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. I think that shot's fired. Mm. And meanwhile, over in Marvel headquarters, the laughter hasn't stopped. I shared a meme with these guys, what was it today or yesterday? And it was a, uh, a picture of the Justice League silhouetted saying, you know, I know some people, I know some heroes that wouldn't have had a problem with Thanos. And underneath, somebody had wrote, well, probably, they should probably try to defeat Rotten Tomatoes first. Yes. For, for those who don't know, uh, it was announced uh, earlier this week by Warner Brothers. Now, Warner Brothers was a Warner Brothers Discovery since the mm-hmm. merge that um, that girl is not happening. Supergirl is not happening. Those two movies. Right. Um, Black Adam still... <laughs> Rolling out, I think it's too far along where they can't pull it. Well, they could. Just look at Fanta- the original Fantastic Four by Roger Corman. Yeah. That went up to two weeks. But I think The Rock would have heads. Dwayne Johnson would have heads if that someone canceled that film. Yeah. Um, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, there's a threat of it being pushed back. Um, there's rumors that the Flush, I mean, the Flash um, with Ezra Miller, $200 million project. It's going to get shelved. Uh, Blue Beetles possibly shelved. Um, Aquaman, the next Aquaman film, potentially delayed. It, well, it's, they got reshoot all the scenes with Amber Heard. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, but at this point in time, there is a lot of... Um, and then, yet yeah, supposedly they put out a, a 10-year plan on what's going to happen with DC films. <laughs> like... Uh, you kind of had something that you could have salvaged. There is, and I know that we, we're here to talk about Marvel and not the distinguished competition, but this affects Marvel. Uh, it, it does, actually, because those two are the two biggest names. And uh, DC has dropped comics from the word comics from social media handles and the website uh, address 
so that has sparked rumors that you know they may do a lot of cutting back on the comics side as well. Yeah, which I I don't think they're going to totally shutter comics down. I really don't. But if, if um, they if they cut them back in half. That's going to hurt the comic market big time. It is. It is. And really, any kind of significant amount of cutbacks is going to have a tremendous ripple effect. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they could just, it, it doesn't have to be half if they cut, like, we'll say 25%. Well, and that's, and I could tell you, Marvel has done that since I really stepped stepped up back into the game in 2012, mm-hmm. and then definitely 2015 when I was, you know, when Marvel got the Star Wars titles back. Yeah, uh, I I have seen, and just from doing the show, where you know they have pulled back 25 percent. Yeah, but a lot of the stuff they've pulled back is well, X Men. Was there really a need for it? And I'm exaggerating here. Fifteen different titles under X Men. Was well, there a the, need for eight titles under the Avengers? No. Well, if you remember, and I know we have talked about it on this podcast for a while, there Marvel was was being, I'll be charitable and call this wildly experimental. Yeah. With series that it would put out, it seemed very much like we're just going to throw everything we can at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. So you would see a title come out and it's not listed as a limited series, but it would be gone within 12 issues. Right. There were several comic titles that did that. And you know what? I I was okay with that too. Once Marvel admitted, well, we were only going to do 12 run, 12 issues. There's only going to be a 12 issue run. Yeah. Cool. I mean, if you it's say up series. front, yeah, if you say up front, this is not this. This is only going to be about you know, you know, six issues. It's twelve issues. It's twenty four issues. I'm good with that. Right. But if you come out of the gate saying, "Well, this is a new ongoing series. It's we're really excited about it. It's going to be great. It's going to have great art. It's going to have great storytelling." And then it goes bye bye, and it's yesterday's news by issue twelve. Then, then it kind of undermines the confidence that consumers have right. in your hype engine. Well, and, and we did kind of get that under the Star Wars license with um, with the Kanan series mm-hmm. until because you know, and this was until we found out at Celebration um, more of the truth. It's like. Okay, here's 12 issues. Originally, it was supposed to be six. Then it got carried to 12 and told it's going to be ongoing. After 12, it got canceled. Yeah. We're like, uh, why is it ongoing if it's going to end up done at and, 12? And, and I totally get that things change. And you may not. And the reality is that as much as you would want to keep it ongoing and that you may have planned to make it ongoing, 
Well, the issue was the comic was starting to hit too close to home and too close to what was starting to happen in Rebels. Yeah. And they didn't want to um, confuse the, the canon at any point further. I I understand that. I mean, I remember Wait, I remember cool. Transformers was running, you know, the, the, the Marvel Transformers issues, the comic book storylines and the cartoon storylines were completely different. And it was very confusing if for, for some for some people, for me, it was not so much because I knew they were two separate things and they weren't meant to be connected. Right. But in this day and age where everything is, for lack of a better word, a hashtag, it's all connected. I could totally see where that gets confusing. Right. Well, it, I mean, for me, with the Keenan series, it's like, oh, OK, no big deal. Um, but when you have other things and it's like, okay, sales aren't going so great after nine episodes, nine issues, we know there's, you can't even do that. We can't even do it with comics either. I know. I know. Um, of course, you know, at that point in time, by the time you hit nine, there's already usually three more in the works. Oh yeah. It's like, go ahead and finish it. And we're going to wrap it. So I mean, you that process, the, the start to finish process, I can tell you from personal experience, you know, when when something you when something hits the the shelves, you're already at least two, maybe even three issues out in the process. You just worked that far in advance. Yeah. So, well, speaking of games, while we're still on games, um, Fantasy Flight Games reveals a new Marvel game in development. Uh, it's working on a new Marvel tabletop game. Uh, FFG head of studio Chris Gerber announced Marvel. Dagger, a tabletop game featuring characters, Marvel characters. He did not explain what type of game it will be. He just noted that Dagger stood for Defense Alliance for Global and Galactic Emergency Response. And it's also being described as a board game as opposed to a card game like Marvel Champions, the card game. I am feeling very triggered because the company that I worked for was called Dagger. That's just me. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. FFG has had the license to publish table, Marvel tabletop games as far back as 2019 when it revealed Marvel Champions, the card game. Uh, while it remains most popular, uh, they have only published one other Marvel game, X-Men Mutant Insurrection, a re-implementation of Elder Sun. So uh, Marvel Dagger will either debut later this year or early 2023. Let's hope they have the character Eric, the colorist. Yeah. <laughs> Now, what I'm doing right now is, besides talking to you fine people on the other end of this podcast, is uh, the Marvel Multiverse role-playing game has been announced that it has now got a playtest rulebook available through Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, where is that? Uh, it's actually pretty cool. And I'm... I'm going to have to like try to pull this up on my tablet because I'm looking at it on my phone. And, well, even with the infamous beaver cheater eyeglasses, it's just not enough. It's not good reading. But there is a core mechanic uh, called the D616 because, of course, the Marvel Universe is Universe 616. Right. Um, you basically have three six-sided dice. And one of them is what the, what they refer to as a Marvel die. And what you have, there are two different special rolls here. If you roll a one on the Marvel die and anything other than a pair of ones on the other dice, 
that is known as a fantastic roll. Count Good. the mark die as a six and add the other two dice to get it to it to get your result. A roll of one on the Marvel die and a six on each of the other dice is an ultimate fantastic roll of 18, even better than rolling three regular sixes. So basically what it's looking like, and this is just due to a very, this is from a very, very rudimentary surface look. Uh, basically what you do is you roll these three dice, you apply the what is called action modifiers, and you compare the total to the target number. Which, if you play D&D, this is, this should be very familiar. Right. Uh, let's see. It says the action modifier, depending on the action, the character's ability scores, archetype, and rank. The action modifier can range from minus 5 to plus 20 or more. Uh, let's see here. Target numbers. Uh, trivial being the easiest with a uh, target number modifier of minus 7. Uh, going all the way up from easy, routine, challenging, difficult, ridiculous, and impossible, which is a plus 7. And they include, they have a sample profile for Spider-Man. And one thing I liked about the old, uh, the old Marvel superheroes game from TSR. I mean, they had a lot of stats. It had uh, it's called the old Phaser Rip, uh, fighting, agility, strength, endurance, reasoning, intelligence, uh, psyche. Yeah, I think something it's like that. Here you only have six. Attributes. They are might, agility, resilience, vigilance, ego, and logic. Okay. So there are things like initiative modifier, speed, climb speed, jump speed, swinging speed, fight damage, range damage. Oh, and they do have karma here. Sweet. I hope so. Yeah. The thing I liked about karma is because if you had enough of it, you could pretty much do anything. Right. Aunt May, geriatric Aunt May from the comics, not smoking hot Aunt May from the movies. She could lift Mjolnir if she had enough karma. Okay. And that's a mental image that I'm going to enjoy for a while. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of mental images, let's discuss a little San Diego Comic-Con, shall we? Oh, must we? We must. Okay. So we know uh, Phase 4 is going to end with uh, She-Hulk. Is that right? I'm not 100%, but I think you might be right. Uh, of course, that debuts here in a couple of weeks, August 17th. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been moved from Wednesday to Thursday. Oh, snap. That is, that's going to be fun. Yeah. I say that sarcastically. Uh, I like the idea that Marvel, well, Disney Plus in general, was releasing things on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, for Marvel, I thought it fit with um, New Comic Book Day. Absolutely. But, uh, so that comes out trailer quite interesting and apparently she hulk is a little stronger than hulk don't get me started on that or or do we say more agile is actually the way is the way i was seeing it more agile yes more agile because i mean hulk is bulk very bulky there's a lot of stuff physically he can't do just like a weightlifter can't do Hulk hulk is no ninja no hulk is no gymnast He, he is the ultimate marvel bodybuilder yes um, whereas Jennifer, aka She-Hulk, while has all the strength and everything of Hulk, is a little bit more agile because she's not. She doesn't have the muscular bulk like he does. Right. She's not as bulky. Correct. As for strength, I'm still a little. What's the word here? 
dissatisfied with the MCU's Professor Hulk. Yeah, um, it's like they've toned him down quite a bit. I mean, I, he's a bit, he's a lot nicer guy, uh, jollier, maybe. He's a jolly green giant. Ho, ho, ho. Green Hulk. <laughs> I mean, he was he, kinder, kinder. That's a very good word for it. He's yeah. kind, which I was a huge fan. And I still am a huge fan of Peter David's Professor Hulk. Right. Because he was nicer. He was not as belligerent, antagonistic as the Green Hulk or the Gray Hulk. But there was still a temper there. Right. Well, and, it, and to me, the size of Hulk height-wise was still there. Yeah. With the MCU Professor Hulk, he shrunk some. Yeah, but not – see, that part doesn't bother me because he's still, he's still big. Right. I just – it was the – there was still an edge to Professor Hulk. There were still – he still had moments where he could be mean. Right. And he could be cruel. And he could definitely be salty. This guy, he's just – MCU just kind of nerfed him a little bit too much for my liking. Yeah, but they're and, not. But they're not really calling him Professor Hulk either. No, they're not. I mean, it's 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 almost like he he's going through a crisis because of uh, Thanos. And yeah. He still hasn't completely recovered, and everything from the Infinity from the final Endgame. Yeah, uh, he, he's he's still holding himself back. Yeah, now I can definitely see that where he's he's afraid to completely let loose. And maybe maybe there's a little bit of that where maybe he's afraid that if he does let loose, he will undo all the progress that he has made. Right. But I mean, I can see that argument. But we've seen, though, with Moon Knight, it's OK to let loose and not let the other side know. Yeah. Or the other two sides now, in yeah. case of Moon Knight. But uh, but going back to the She-Hulk trailer, um, the vi- the visual effects seem to have improved. Yes, she definitely looks much better. Yes, she does. Um, there's a there's a lighter tone than I think a lot of fans, a lot of casual fans who only know Hulk from the comp from the uh, from the movies, right. and who don't know She-Hulk. From the comics, they may have a hard time with this because if you read the sensational She-Hulk and you read, you know, some of her other titles throughout the years in the comics, which, uh, you know, hey, if you've got Marvel Unlimited, now is a great time to start reading up on She-Hulk. She was not exactly a 100% totally serious title to begin with. Correct. She she was like the second character to break the fourth wall with the reader. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things I kind of like that they're going to do with the series as well, is have her oh. kind of break the fourth wall. So. There was a total fourth wall breaking moment in the trailer where uh, where Bruce says something and she looks dead at the camera and said, he didn't mean that. Yeah. And there's almost like a, a, a moment. It's kind of like, what are we doing? Yep. And the scene where he's waking her up with the air horn, he's enjoying that way too much. Yes. Yes. Very much so. And, and honestly, I would totally have been, I, I, I totally would have been the exact same way. It's like, was that really necessary? For comedic value, absolutely. Yeah. So um, one of my favorite lines is the exchange between her and, and Wong mm-hmm. about the book. Yes. Don't you have a book? Uh, yeah. American Book of Law. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what? what? So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm excited for this. Uh, I 
I think I'm going to be disappointed with the amount of episodes. It's going to be there. Is it only six? It's either six or 12 or six or eight. Um, Double check right now. And of course, we have to talk about Daredevil. Yes. Because Daredevil shows up in the new outfit. That's it's uh, I don't know if I like the look of it. I'll give it a chance to grow on me. Nine episodes. Nine episodes. Well, that's not too bad. Yeah. Well, isn't the new Daredevil outfit the, uh, the yellow and red? I don't remember getting a good enough look at it. I think it is a red and yellow one. It is, but I can't, I'm not sure how close. To, it, it's clearly meant to evoke the original red and yellow outfit. I just don't know how comics accurate it is. And of course, I'm the wrong person to speak on that. Kylan is the big Daredevil guy, so as he's listening to this when it comes out this weekend, he's probably going like, "Dude, yeah, he's gonna correct us on everything." Now. Yeah, I, I suppose we, I anticipate we'll get an earful next week. Yes. But yes, I love the fact that we're seeing more Charlie Cox. I love the fact that we saw Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. Yes. I want I, I, I want Punisher. I want Luke Cage. I even want Iron Fist. If you have to recast him, go ahead. I don't think anybody's going to judge you for that, Marvel, if you're listening, and you should be. This is a perfect time to 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 recast him if you're going to. Right. Well, one one of the things um, I think with Daredevil series, mm-hmm. it's going to be something like 18 episodes is what was announced, which is going to be great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just think of all the potential that they can they can do. They don't have to feel rushed. They can they can pick and choose from any of Daredevil's great storylines. And because this is MCU proper now, yeah, Lord, we could get a proper Defenders. Yes, well, we could get a proper Defenders with Doctor Strange. Yeah, and I, I think one of the things that's bothering me um, about Daredevil, and, and it's in a good way. So don't don't get me wrong; it's in a good way. If they could do eighteen episodes with Daredevil, why couldn't they have done eighteen episodes with the others? Why wait until Daredevil to do 18 episodes? Honestly, my thought is, and hear me out, Daredevil is more of a known commodity. Okay. Because, because I mean, Daredevil set Netflix on fire when it came out. Okay. He has an established track record. They know that it, it, with these others, like, you know, with WandaVision, they knew that there was a chance it would fall flat. Right. With Falcon and Winter Soldier, maybe not as big a chance. But, I mean, these guys, these two don't have Steve Rogers in there, so they don't have the the same amount of draw. Moon Knight, if you don't read the comics, you don't know who this guy is. Um Ms. Marvel, again, if you don't read the comics, you don't know who this is. This is more, all these Disney Plus series so far, they've been introductions. Right. You're not introducing Daredevil. Everybody knows because, you know, because of Netflix and because of No Way Home. People know him and they, and, you know, rightly or wrongly, Marvel knows that Daredevil's got an audience. And they can they can keep Disney Plus numbers up by stringing this out. That's eighteen weeks of subscribers. Yeah. Unless you're the type that waits until they're all out before you start binging them, which that's still that's still kind of an alien concept for me because 
I'm old. I grew up before binging was a thing. Yeah. I mean, where we tuned into the, we, we were glued to the TV each week for a new episode of a TV show. And then we talk about it the next day on the playground. Yeah. Or if, and, and this is, I love this, ABC Sunday night at the movies. If we were really lucky, it was a Bond movie or a Star Wars movie or Indiana Jones movie. See, this this is, and, and this is me being grumpy old man, back in my day, <laughs> we had, we had like three networks plus public television yep. and that was it. I mean, we, we finally got a, a, a fifth channel back in the eighties. Yeah. And it was like, you know, they would show the good stuff like Buck Rogers and Battlestar Galactica and, and a bunch of old syndicated stuff. I want to say in the or in the late 70s, when I was living in Kentucky, we or at least I remember a few independent channels yeah. that basically all they did was showed reruns of old of old movies and, and shows. Yeah, that's essentially what this channel was. Yeah. It was a uh, it was WTTO. Here in Birmingham, it was uh, independent channel. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, right now, I mean, we go back to She-Hulk real quick. How do you feel about her being the first MCU project that's going to break the fourth wall? Technically, Daredevil's not. When Daredevil came out, it was not officially MCU, even though it's slowly being incorporated into. It's MCU now. It's MCU now, but it's. She-Hulk still being credited for the first to, to break. I'm fine with that. Okay. I'm fine with it because I enjoy it when a character breaks the fourth wall, be it Deadpool or uh, or, or She-Hulk or I'm trying to think some of the others like, you know, Phineas and Ferb or yeah. uh, or just really anything. That Johnny just Bravo. Just, yes. Oh, yes. How could I forget Johnny Bravo? Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo was fantastic. At breaking the fourth wall, and basically, it's like y'all were in, all in on the joke. Yeah. Well, we were all in on the joke. We really want to go back. Hong Kong Philly, yes, very much broke the fourth wall. You know, Jack Benny would break the fourth wall. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times where he would just have that deer in the headlight stare, where he just looked dead in the camera. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Or really, even like Shakespearean and ancient Greek plays where. A character would turn to the audience and talk to the audience. Yeah. So, I mean, the the fourth wall is all this to say. The fourth wall is is nothing really new, and I think it would be. I I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it. I think if it's done well, then I think people will will buy into it and have a good time with it. Yeah. Yeah. There will, of course, be those that just can't stand it. True. But that's the case with everything. Yep. Yeah. So uh, moving right along, this was announced as phase five at San Diego Comic-Con. Ant-Man and Wasp, Quantum Mania, it's going to start us off. Yeah. And Secret Invasion. Okay. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Understandable. The Marvels. Okay. Loki Season 2. Echo, Blade, Ironheart, Agatha, Coven of Witches, oh, Coven of Chaos. Yeah. Uh, Daredevil, Born Again, Captain America, New World Order, and ending Phase 5, Thunderbolts. Which reminds me, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever will be the last in Phase 4. We're finally getting our Thunderbolts. Yay. Now Wakanda Forever. Trailer for it. Um, 
who, who's getting married? Who's having the child? Are they the same person? Uh, my, Melissa and I were originally thinking um, Akoya or Shuri was going to take over the role of Panther. But based on leaks uh, or spoilers from the Hasbro release of the Mar- uh, Wakanda Forever Marvel Legends figures, it will be a male Black Panther again, which I think I, they dropped the ball. Yeah. It should be Akoya or, or Shuri. It should be Shuri, okay? It should be Shuri. Because Shuri has been Black Panther in the comics. Uh-huh. And Shuri has the technological know-how to basically have a Black Panther Iron Man suit. I, th- I, I, I got to agree with you. If it's not one of those two being Black Panther, it is... Uh, I'm going to say this is probably about the biggest misstep. If this is true, if this is true, it's, it could be Marvel's biggest misstep since casting Tilda Swinton as the ancient one. Yes. Yeah. But we do know T'Challa is dead. Yes. There are signs of that. Uh, We see the beginning of uh, Riri doing her iron heart suit mm-hmm. uh to have riri come out of wakanda possibly i, I think is a great idea um depending on what they do with her backstory maybe she's not native to wakanda but she's there as part of a delegation you know, her her parents are ambassadors or something and she's there with that and gets in tight with Shuri and shows her not her her intelligence. She's definitely going to have to have an in with Wakandan technology. Yes, I think so. I mean, that's just it, that's about the, I'm not going to say that's the only way that you can make this work. But if she's showing up in a Black Panther movie, don't have her on the outskirts of Chicago somewhere. Could, could her suit be made out of vibranium? That's possible. But what I'm saying is she's got to be in in the Wakandan R&D slash robotics somewhere complex somewhere. It makes sense if she is Wakandan or or could she be under a a Stark scholarship? Supposedly Riri is still high school, college, right? Possibly. Um, And she's a nurse as part of her her internship or she's fresh out of school. Because of how smart she is, uh, she got a job with Stark, and she's a Stark um, liaison. I'm a little hesitant to agree with that, uh, to go along with that. Just, just because the thing about Stark that made him special was that his suits were unique. Right. I would, I personally, but I'm not in charge of the MCU. I think it's better to to have that that as you know, keep that uniqueness from Stark. Yeah. And the reason I say I would like for her to be part of the Wakandan robotics slash R and D kind of thing is this way Stark his Iron Man tech can still remain unique. Right. Because if she's basically approaching it from the Wakandan side of things. Then she then she's not just a an Iron Man knockoff, right? That's a very unkind way to put it. But you know, if she could be like born in America for, to Wakandan parents and she's come back home, that could work in my head. Or you know, like you said, she could be on some sort of start scholarship and be brought over because Wakanda Wakanda is starting to open up a little bit. But I mean, I would, I don't know how open that they would want to be. Right. Um, I just 
To me, the whole story of Riri as Ironheart, it's a bit more plausible if there's Wakandan technology brought in. So when the, not, this is, I'm not saying that to knock her intelligence. Right. I'm saying it's easier because Wakanda has greater resources. And in the MCU now, I know there are lots of armored armor battlesuit characters in the comics, but the whole thing in the MCU, it's a little harder to fabricate. Right. Well, is it okay then with the MCU if they uh, retcon Riri's background for the films? <coughs> well, as opposed I mean, they to the have comics, other characters they have for other characters, and they're doing it with Namor. True. I, they did it with Deathlock. Yeah. I, I mean, they've done it with several characters in the MCU already. I mean, fit it to where it makes most sense. Okay. Speaking of Namor, did he not look awesome on, on screen? I was a little iffy when they when I heard that he was kind of like getting more of an Aztec looking makeover, but I'm absolutely loving it. Yeah, I I was not offended at all, and I think you and I talked before, uh, like early, I think last week, um, about how uh, the interpretation of where Atlantis is possibly from or located yeah. that. Now, this idea of him being more Aztec, that maybe Atlantis was located more uh, southern Central America, northern South America region. That's quite possible. Well, I mean, there are theories that put the actual city of Atlantis, I say actual in quotation marks, all over the planet. Yeah. I mean, Plato, uh, with his with his account of Atlantis uh, – you know, we, we typically think of the Mediterranean and the Atlantic. Um, I think I think there's a new theory out saying that uh, there's strong evidence that the city it was based off of uh, may be off the coast of Spain. Yeah. But there are plenty of places across the planet. Uh, there are some in the Caribbean. There's uh, one possible location on the Yucatan. There's one that looks like it's kind of like in uh, it, up in the Andes. Yeah. See, I to me, well, yes, I, I have thought about you know maybe Atlantis was part of a, a Greek or Roman empire, the Greek or Roman Empire. Um, as I've gotten older, I had always um, thought about you know, he Atlantis was probably more more west. Yeah. And we're also talking the age of Atlantis could have been. Before you know, could have been closer before the the move of the of the continents. Yeah, I, you know, it's there's a lot. There's some uh, there's some theories that put it in Peru, uh, some in Brazil, uh, in somewhere in like in the mouth of the Amazon. Yeah. So, and it makes perfect sense to differentiate Marvel's Atlantis or whatever they're going to call their version of Atlantis. Right. Uh, from the DC version of Atlantis, because there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities in the comics between Namor and Aquaman. And I mean, if you dig deep into it, there are some differences. There are definitely some differences. Right. But your casual fan who has never heard of Namor before this trailer, they're not going to know that. This is true. They're going to take one look at that and they're going to say, well, that's just Aquaman. So I, I totally get the logic and I like I like the look of it. Yeah. Because the classic outfit for Namor is basically green, scaly Speedos. Yep. Oh, yeah. 
Of course, there was that series where basically he came to dry land and he started running a, a, a multi-million dollar business. So he was going around in Armani suits all the time. Hey, can't fault the guy. No, I can't fault the guy at all. He just, it, that was a good look for him. With those pointy ears, he looked like the elf of Wall Street. Oh yeah, just don't call him buddy. Nope, not going to call him buddy. Um, staying with this, uh, we got trailers for the I Am Groot series. Looks kind of cool. It does. Had to chuckle when Groot farts a leaf. Yes. All I could think was the fart app. Yes. Um, they're ready to kill him. All these, it's like Oliver's Travels type setup yeah. with baby Groot. I did not get Groot. The, I did not get the Gulliver's Travels reference until you said something just now. And then all of a sudden here he is, he farts, leaf comes out, and his attackers are now eating. It's like he's fed them. They're all in his glory. That's that uh, was just rather disturbing, but that's okay. Uh, uh, yeah. I know you thought like me, it was a real gas. Leafy, but I, I thought it was nice of them to branch out, but you know, the green humor was, was excellent. Mm-hmm. So, um, and of course, we got news phase six is going to begin with I can't believe we're talking phase six, Fantastic Four, and they used the logo that has been teased for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said it will not be an origin story. Well, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay with that too because I, I'm kind of they- excited for that. <laughs> The way they did Spider-Man in the MCU, you don't need another origin story. Right. Because that origin story has been told time and time again. And if if you're going to do an origin story, who's to say you can't throw it as an Easter egg or an end credit scene at maybe the end of Secret Invasion? Or um, trying to think what's another good one that could tie in with maybe Thunderbolts. Yeah. Yeah. Thunderbolts could be. I mean, it, it could be interwoven within Thunderbolts. I mean, it, it's just crazy, stupid thoughts. But it, it it could be it could be a two three minute scene that sets up the the origin uh, of the accident that happens in space. Yeah, I mean, it's like what if you see the four of them entering the rocket? Yeah, you don't see the rocket launch. You don't see the accident happen, but you you shut it down right before it all hits the fan. Or or if they go the route they did with Jessica Alba's and Chris Evans' um, Fantastic Four, show them on the station and show the station getting bombarded. And, it, and you see the, the the changes starting to happen there and then cut to credits. That's possible. I mean, either way, you got time to show the accident. The accident doesn't need to take long. The accident's just showing the accident, showing four people, showing the accident is all you need to set up the origin for Fantastic Four. Yeah. And then let the film do its thing. It's sort of like them spending the scene in Civil War talking about the backstory of how Peter got his powers. Yeah. That's all you need. That's it. Doesn't need to be a lot. So, uh, but apparently during an appearance on the Today Show, which seems odd, it was the Today Show, not Good Morning America. Yeah. Uh, Patton Oswalt said a sequel to The Eternals is in the works. And he suggested Chloe Zhao um, is, is also on board with the project, bringing back, um, bringing her, her back uh, for another go around. With her of since she is an Oscar-winning filmmaker, uh, bringing her back into the MCU with another round of the internals. He said, "Hopefully, there'll be more adventures of Star Fox and Pip." All right, you remember back in the forties uh-huh. during World War Two when pretty much everything's being rationed yep. because of the war effort. 
you saw these signs. Well, okay, you personally did not see these signs, but there were these signs everywhere with the simple message, was this trip really necessary? That's my reaction to the to the, uh, to the the announcement of Eternals 2. Is this movie necessary? Probably not. See, I would say definitely not. And I... <sighs> I have no doubt that the director is eager to do a second time around. I don't know that the movie going public is as excited, would be as excited. Would you have re- would you rather see it broken down into six episodes? You know what? There are some Disney Plus series that I think would have made a really good movie. Yeah. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, for instance. Yeah. I thought that would be a pretty good movie. Hawkeye would have been a good movie. Hawkeye would definitely have been a really good movie. Eternals probably is one of those movies that should have been a miniseries. Yeah. I doubt you would have gotten Angelina Jolie for it. True. Um, yeah. I mean, Eternals had their chance at the box office. Now you can you can make excuses, you know, pandemic, bad marketing, you know, toxic fan base, or just whatever excuses you want to throw out there. But yeah. the fact of the matter is, it did not do well at the box office. No. And you have all these stories in the Marvel universe that could be brought out, that could be done. Yeah. Why do a part two to a movie that really didn't perform well enough to deserve it? That's why I say instead of a part two, you give it more time as you make it six 45-minute episodes. How about this? You just focus on like Star Fox and Pip. You do that. I mean, you kind of had too much of an ensemble cast that you were trying to introduce at once. And this is where phase one was so brilliant. It didn't try to introduce everybody in one movie. Now, that also meant that you had to watch several movies so you know what was going on and who was who in the first Avengers movie. Right. But you weren't you weren't having to introduce anybody so you could go headlong into the story. I agree. I agree. I just I just don't think that the MCU needs an Eternals too. I I agree. Well, I agree, but I think if they do it, it needs to be I think it needs to be a Disney Plus series. I think it'd be more successful that way. Well, it couldn't very well be less successful than the first one. True. Very true. Uh, so in phase six, we are also getting Avenger, um, Avengers, Avengers, the King Dynasty. And then we're going to wrap with Avengers Secret Wars. I would look forward to Secret Wars. Maybe, maybe we get a black suit Spider-Man. Yeah. And and the thing about the the Kang Dynasty that is probably all right. I am in the minority here. I am not a fan of Loki. Not a fan of the of the series. Yeah. I mean, I like Sylvie as a character. I liked the the Time Variance Authority. I like the idea of all these Lokis running around with variants. I think they they watered down Hiddleston's Loki. They neutered Hiddleston's Loki. Yeah. The thing that I liked about Hiddleston's Loki, he was a schemer. He was an opportunist. He was on his side and his side alone. If he fought alongside of you, it's because he knew he was going to benefit. Yep. And he was playing chess where everybody else was playing checkers. Or tiddlywinks. If you outsmarted him, 
that was an accomplishment. Yes. Like where, where Black Widow just kind of like, you know, he had the battle of wits with her and she kind of, and she basically, it was like a, uh, it was like an emotional duel where they were just, it was just layer on layer of practiced emotions and responses and manipulations. That was an, that was a psychological chess match right there. Yeah. It was great. In Thor Ragnarok, where Thor finally outsmarts Loki. That was an accomplishment. But in in Loki, the first season, I swear Al Bundy and the dog from Married with Children could outsmart Hiddleston's Loki. Yeah. I said what I said. When you could say Kelly Bundy could almost outsmart. I ain't ready to go there yet. All right. I'm not ready to go quite there with Kelly. Al, yes. Peg, probably. Bud, maybe. Not Kelly. Well, I, I'm going to wrap up with the following two stories before I ask you for your final thoughts. Okay. I'm sorry. I have rambled. No, I no. It's perfectly fine. Uh, apparently, coming this Halloween from GameStop, Mar- uh, it's from Jazzwares, Marvel Spider-Rex inflatable adult costume. <laughs> I want one. I want one. And you can use that also from GameStop. You could pre-order now Jazzwares Marvel Venomosaurus inflatable adult costume. <laughs> so you too, as T-Rex, go as Venom or Spider-Rex. Both are going to be at pre-order at GameStop for $99.99. I, I so want the Rex. He's got a rope mohawk, almost kind of like Spider-Punk. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> that one's cool. If if Halloween in the past where I work, if Halloween has uh, fallen on a casual Friday, we were allowed to dress up. I would love to wear this. <laughs> Walk in normal, then put it on in your office. Just sit there all day. Oh, well, not no. I wouldn't sit there all day. I'd, I'd walk through the building. I'd walk through the library. Stalk through the library because you know it's a quiet. It's it's quiet. It's a library. Yeah. And then finally, uh, She-Hulk is her own Twitter emojis ahead of its premiere. Uh, So on Twitter, um, She-Hulk emojis are now available. I'm not sure how you get them or what you use to trigger them, uh, but they are there. Okay. For those who... Oh, actually, now here, this uh, hashtag She-Hulk... Um, or She-Hulk Twitter announced uh, She-Hulk attorney at law, hashtag, hashtag Shulky, hashtag Jen Walters, and hashtag Jennifer Walters will get you your emojis. Okay. For those who still find value in Twitter, yeah, there you go. So, and what you get is a uh, a head of She-Hulk is your emoji with any of those. Okay. Well, cool. Because uh, apparently you could use Maul Her, M-U-L Her Hulk as well. <laughs> okay. So, um, so yeah. Any final thoughts from you? Uh, I would like to clarify. I keep seeing that uh, that Namor has gotten an Aztec treatment. Uh, according to what I'm seeing on the uh, on, on the internet. It's more a Mayan culture treatment. Okay. And, and uh, I should know that because I actually took a semester of uh, Central American history in college. And uh, the Mayans were way cooler than the Aztecs. Yeah. There, I said it. I said what I said. They lived higher up in the mountains, right? Uh, those were the Incas. 
Okay. I think Mayas, Mayans were more Yucatan Peninsula. Okay. Uh, Aztecs were more like closer to central Mexico. Gotcha. Well, if you have no other final thoughts, again, our best wishes to our pal Kylan. Uh, hope he's back on with us next week. Get well, bro. And on that note, I am so thankful for the new update Thursday, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Uh, no, just time to go dark. As always, gentlemen, a great pleasure watching you work.